So you're listening to this podcast. Maybe you want to make a podcast of your own. Well, Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast direct to Spotify. Everywhere else podcasts are heard as well. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. And if you want to take the conversations of your fans to the next level, you can even do Q&As and polls direct through that same feed. Spotify for podcasters. Get it now. Hello, hello, hello. It is me. It is me, your trio phenom SP3. We are live on the Sports Keto Wrestling Facebook and Wrestle Binge by Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel for another edition. We are back live, baby, on a Friday night for Smack Talk. Of course, that means that I am here with the legend himself, manager wrestler creative mind and the greatest mustache in not just professional wrestling history but the history of mankind it is dutch mantel well thank you very much that's uh that's quite a compliment coming from you sid but i was reading the other day the greatest mustaches in wrestling you know they would lit, like rick rude he had a good uh, mustache but it was like little it wasn't immaculate this is a work of art here so that's why I think I should be in the at least number one. Only one guy I think that could have beat me was Ox Baker because he had it coming down the hill and he had to look. And But anyway, I think I did make the top ten, but I think it should make, by rights, I think it should be in the top two. I don't think I it's do being agree. Anyway. You, you, know, you know what will really make you in, like, the top two all time in the history of mankind? What? Wait for it. Wait for it. When you win the Sports Keto Wrestling Award for the best mustache <laughs> of 2022. Yes, ladies and gentlemen, the second annual Great. Sports Keto Wrestling Awards is coming up. And you should vote for Dutch Mantel. A write-in vote because I don't think they're taking tallies for this. So write-in vote, Dutch Mantel, the best mustache of 2022. Yeah. Well, if they're not taking uh, nominations on that, they're going to have to now because I'm going to insist on it. The greatest mustache in wrestling. Who would you vote for male wrestler of the year? Hey, can you even separate males and females anymore? I, I don't think so. I, I kind of put them all, all into one, but my male wrestler of the year for 2022 was John Moxley. I think I said this the the last time we did we were here live. I just feel like every time AEW needed somebody to really step up, whether it's uh you know uh, fill in for a world champion, whether it's after brawl out, whether they need to get ratings on a Friday night and impress Dutch Mantel so he doesn't fall asleep during Rampage, it's always been John Moxley who usually comes through. And you you yourself who started off, I remember last year you were not very high on John Moxley. You have said much better things throughout the last 12 months about John Moxley because of the year he had in 2022. Oh, he had a great year, but he would not be my male wrestler of the year. It, it can only be one guy, really. And I've already said this. It, it can only be Mr. Acknowledge Me, Mr. Roman Reigns. It's the only one it could be. 
and the one closest to him, and he hadn't even had time to display his talents, was Gunther. So, but I, I see who I'm going to vote for. Remember, there fans. There you go. Wrestler of the mustache of the year belongs to me. Fill it in. There we uh, go. We started hey, off the show with with promos. Look at that. If you're talking about Moxley, AEW could have used him tonight. Believe me. Well, we're going to talk about both SmackDown and Rampage. We want everyone who's watching, thank you so much for joining us Friday night here on Smack Talk, whether it's on Facebook, whether you're on YouTube. We would love to be, for you to join us over on the Wrestle Binge by Sports Keto Wrestling YouTube channel. We're trying to raise those numbers up with live streams just like this. You can check out myself and Dutch talking about the Royal Rumble from last weekend. That's up on the channel right now. And of course, sound off in the live chat. Remember to drop the thumbs up on this video share this video with all your wrestling fans friends and family on all your favorite social media platforms and like i said sound off in the live chat but if you want your comment highlighted for sure remember super chat donations are always welcome and we always will highlight those in the on screen with us we got lisa here with us who says howdy dutch sid not rick rick is not with us he's he's hard at work at the radio station in cincinnati <laughs> Or drinking, as Dutch says, and we are here. <laughs> we miss you, Rick. We miss you. We do. We do. Don't don't listen to Dutch. Uh, we got Stephen Chambers here with us, saying SP3 and Dutch in the house. Yes, indeedy. Uh, we got Chris Aldridge saying good evening, SP3 and Dutch Mantel. First time seeing you guys in a long time because of the weather. It was really cold here. I hope you are bundled up. Hope you are warm and ready for Dutch to get some fire takes on smackdown and rampage uh we also got ozzy axing of course where's rick because he loves him some rick uh we got uh we got joseph who says roman sammy or gunther for for male wrestler of the year so we got some choices there chris says it's between gunther and roman and wwe and aew moxley and samoa joe samoa joe had one hell of a week for somebody that wwe once said that he was done wrestling he's been looking amazing over on aew dynamite but we are not here to talk about AEW dynamite we're here to talk about rampage we'll get into that but first up we had smackdown and let's get into the big story on smackdown which was the follow-up from the war rumble that superb angle that ended the Raw Rumble with Sami Zayn turning on the bloodline, hitting Roman Reigns with a steel chair, and then them destroying him with Jay Uso walking out on his family. We had Kayla Braxton outside to kick off the show, outside the arena, as the bloodline arrived at the arena to start the show. We had Roman, Jimmy, Solo Sokoa, Paul Heyman, and Roman Reigns all coming out of the car, but no Jay Uso. Roman ignores Kayla Braxton's question about Jay Uso and walks by her. And then Paul Heyman says uh, he can't believe such a warm-hearted person would ask such a cold question. And he says there is no update. They cannot confirm nor deny the status of Jay Uso with the bloodline. But he does thank Kayla for wearing the colors of the bloodline. And then this would start a narrative thread throughout the show that really connected this whole show and really was the kind of the, the whole base 
piece for this whole show with Roman Reigns talking to the bloodline throughout the night. Later on in the night, we get Roman Reigns. He's in the back with Jimmy Uso and Solo Sokoa, and he's asking Jimmy, where is your brother? Jimmy says that, you know, he's he hasn't been able to talk to him. He's like, have you seen him? He's like, no, I haven't seen him. And Roman says, how can how can this happen? How can he be so response irresponsible, so disrespectful to the family and not show up? You got a title defense next week. You think he's going to have your back? Where is your brother? And then Jimmy kind of stands up to Roman and says, like I told you, I haven't seen him. I haven't heard from him. Roman X is solo. Solo just no sells him, doesn't answer at all. And then Jimmy says, if he ain't, if I didn't hear from him, he ain't hear from him either. And then Roman sends them off to go look for, for Jay. They come back later in the show. Jay uh, Jimmy and Solo said they haven't been able to get in touch with Jay once again. And Roman's a little bit calmer. He actually apologizes to Jimmy. He, apolog he apologizes a lot. To people. He, he is apologizing a lot lately. And preach him like crap and then tells him he's sorry he did it. He's, he's done it to he, he's done it to Sammy. He's done it to, to people. And he said, I shouldn't have done that. And he always he always apologizes. He's he's decent in that. But then it doesn't mean that he can't stick that knife in him again. But it's Great. very much it's very much like us, like you said, a sorry because he's trying to manipulate people. He's trying to gaslight them. He's trying to make them feel bad for talking back to him. Like that's what it's all about. And it, and it and it works. He does, I think Roman is. I think he's improved two hundred percent since he started. Now a lot of guys, he's not. He wasn't used to being a heel, and you have to work into that. And the fans didn't accept him right off the bat as a heel because they liked him. And I thought for a long time, man, I don't know if this is going to go. But remember, I always preach this one thing, patience. They had patience with him. And they've certainly had patience with him for the last three years. Because I think this year, the way, way, way they're going toward WrestleMania will, will be a record. I told you right before we went on the air, anybody that says Vince still has anything to do with creative, they can throw that in the trash this week. Because watching this show, how it was structured, how it was put together, uh, you can tell Vince is nowhere around. Because every match on, on SmackDown was good. Every match. And good finishes. And they was working on the Sammy and the Uso and the We Are the One. They're working on that storyline. Only ones we didn't see tonight that I thought we might see was Kevin Owens. But, yeah, just because we didn't see him this week, we got 51 more weeks to see him. But we'll see him before WrestleMania. And he and Sammy, will they'll be friends by then. And the whole village will be happy until whatever they do at WrestleMania. So I'm, I'm, I'm glad they're taking their time with it. Because they don't have to hurry anything up now. I mean, they took patience when they were down. Now when they're up and running, they're just putting all their ducks in a row. And it's I think just the two top matches are the three top. We got the we have a girls match in there somewhere. That's enough to, to sell out to sell out WrestleMania. Yeah, I think they already are like hitting real big numbers. Of course, they're going to combine both days, but it's definitely going to be probably definitely because 
every pay-per-view they've done as of late has been the most watched in company history thanks to being on peacock and uh, i think this wrestlemania is probably going to be the most watched as well oh i i believe that what is the capacity of uh, the la of the, what is, what's the name of that stadium sofi 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 stadium i will check for you right beautiful, now beautiful, beautiful stadium and it would look great for wrestlemania for them guys to trot in there with a sold out crowd 70,000 70,000 at sofi but it looks bigger than that i mean just looking at it but a beautiful piece of architecture a beautiful stadium from the inside and the outside a, a, a beautiful stadium. So I think they, they already got their, their blood and guts ready, and now they just add to that. I think we'll have a complete sellout. I think we have it both nights. I, I don't know about that. Uh, <laughs> the two-night WrestleMania, I, I don't always see it. Uh, the second night always seems to struggle as far as sellout. But I will be so, I will be a pleasantly surprised when they do sell out both nights. Well, when it sells out both nights, I want you to come on here and say Dutch, and I want you to issue me a public apology. I'm not going to apologize. I didn't say you were wrong. Dude. I didn't say you were wrong. I just said historically, the second night of WrestleMania does not sell out like the first night. Yeah, they can always the first time. And they can always lie about the number like they usually do. No, I don't think they'll sell out both nights. But I think the nights with Sammy versus uh, Roman, I mean, uh, Cody versus Roman will sell out. And then whoever the Usos are against, be Sammy and Kevin, I think, will sell out. Then add that other stuff in there. I think they will have uh, Logan Paul there. And they have all the girls. I think it it, it books itself, basically. Things are shaping up, shaping up very well right now. Uh, to continue on with this whole bloodline saga that happened on this show. So, like I said, Roman, uh, Jay, and Solo came back. They said that they couldn't get a hold of uh, Jay. Paul Heyman, before that, said he had bad news for Roman that Jay's phone just goes to voicemail. And Roman says he doesn't understand of all the times of the year for this to happen. Things were going so well. The bloodline was a well-oiled machine. He says he has a ton of stress. The burden of the position he holds is tremendous, and he's being pulled in different directions but he tells jimmy and solo that he loves them he apologizes for the way he he uh spoke to them earlier and he says roman says he needs them he needs the bloodline to be strong because they're not um, if they're not all of this goes away talking about the one and then he says that the wise man has catering sent to their bus they have sushi and steak they eating good dutch they eating good he says mm -hmm. jimmy solo you should go eat Roman will handle business in the ring. Again, he says he needs Jimmy and Solo, and Jimmy appreciates that. He tells the wise man he appreciates that, and he and Solo head out as Roman says he has to take care of business in the ring. So he comes out for his big uh, moment in the ring to talk about the status of the bloodline. We get huge Sammy chants from the crowd. They're ready to see Sammy in, Green, in uh, Greenville, South Carolina. He says for Greenville to acknowledge him, and he, we get more Sammy chants 
chance. Roman says he was going to ask who the fans want to hear about, and he, but he says it seems obvious who they want to hear about. He says he'd rather talk about Cody Rhodes because he's the guy who won the Raw Rumble, someone who deserves his attention, but the simple people want him to talk about the past, so he, all right, he'll talk about Sammy. And he, he says the story goes back all the way to War Games at Survivor Series. Roman said to the whole world he saw everything he needed to see in Sammy's eyes that night, and what he saw was greed. He said oh, the same thing he always sees everyone around him wants from him. Everyone wants something from Roman. So he he's gave being, he's being used. Absolutely. This he's is the, the this he's this the is the this is the gaslighting. Yes, he's the victim. He gave Sammy the opportunity of a lifetime, but all Sammy did was use Roman, use the bloodline, use the island of re relevancy. He said no different from anyone else. Everyone just wants to take from Roman, but before he can continue, Sammy comes out of nowhere with attack from behind. He has a hoodie on at first, but all the fans know who he was, and that eruption from the crowd as soon as they do it was sammy attacking him he goes after roman roman gets control and overpowers him but then he goes he gets a steel chair from paul Heyman. he goes to hit sammy but sammy catches him with roman's own spear he hits roman with the spear roman runs out before sammy can hit him with a steel chair and sammy tells him he wants he finally does want from roman he never wanted from him before but he finally wants something he wants to take what's most important from roman and that's the undisputed wwe Universal Championship, but before Sammy can stand tall and finish his challenge, Jimmy and Solo attack from behind. They knew, they knew something was going to happen. Absolutely, but he sent them to the bus to eat some sushi or eat whatever, and they disobeyed him and come back. But a good thing they did. Exactly, so they saved him from from Mr. Sammy's and I rate Sammy Zayn. So it looks like Solo's about to give uh, Sammy the Omaga hip attack, but Roman stops him. Roman stops him, and at this point, we hear the crowd, they're chanting for Jay Uso. They said, we want Jay. We want Jay. Roman says uh, to Sammy, he said, my, you, you hear them calling for Jay? They want Jay. I don't have my right-hand man because of you. You broke up my family, Roman says. Roman says he gave Sammy a chance to be his family, and Sammy repaid him with betrayal. Well, Roman will give him what he wants. He said he wants to fight Sammy in Montreal at Elimination Chamber, and he's repaying Sammy for breaking up his family. He's going to break him in front of his family, all of Sammy's friends, all of Sammy's family, his wife, his kids. All of them get to witness Roman show what happens when you mess with the bloodline, and that's how we end the show. What a final segment. This was art once again, and Roman was tremendous. Roman hit this promo with no mic, just talking to Sammy with the camera right there to get everything he was saying. It was excellent. This is WWE like 15 years ago, maybe 20 years ago, because they're taking it slow, and, the, and they're listening. They're listening to every fan out there because fans don't get up and yell for no reason. They were yelling for who were the Jimmy? They were yelling, yelling for. They were yelling for Sammy first, and then they did the "We Want Jay" chance. Jay Uso. And they will tell you what they want. I was expecting to see Kevin Owens in there, like I said a little earlier. Maybe a little too soon for him, but yeah, he took the big at, beat down. But look, but look at how many avenues they got to go now. 
they got the Uso Avenue, the the Kevin Owens Avenue. Now you mix Cody in there at some point, and this thing books itself to WrestleMania. And I would like if I was in Canada, I would actually buy a ticket. No, I'd get a pass. But I would go to Montreal, and I would like to see Sammy versus Roman straight up, and just listen to that crowd. I haven't heard crowds like that since, I don't know, Puerto Rico. Even when I was there, you know, the crowds they they were good, but they weren't as vocal, and uh, as they are now. Because, and I've often said this: a lot of times when wrestlers go to the ring in an angle like, like this, and the people are really with it and moving with it. I mean, sometimes it, it can burst your eardrum. Didn't Cody say his eardrums drums burst from the yeah. last? He can do that. One night in Puerto Rico, they were so loud, and I'm sure Cody would probably agree, they get so loud, he goes up, 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 and then boop. Your ears automatically shut down. It will block it itself to keep from completely bursting. And that's what they did on me one night. And I went, and I've never had that before. And I asked a doctor about it. He said, well, that was your ears protecting you because you didn't know how loud it was going to get. But but it's a drug. If they could if they could market that and put it in a bottle, be the greatest seller of all time. It is, it is a great feeling uh, to hear that. And it's fleeting. And some wrestlers never hear it in their life. <clears throat> Not for them. They might hear it for other people. But... It doesn't matter if it, 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 even if you hear it from somebody else, it's still uh, you're appreciative that they've done work that the people enjoy, and the people are showing how much they enjoy it. But we need to market that and call it just call it high, and we'll sell it for like ten dollars a bottle, and is it? It's it sell like a son of a gun. Then of course the government would ban ban it because they would say it's a damn hallucinogenic drug, but. Uh, go back to what you're talking about. You get me off on another subject. <laughs> you, you, you go off the rails. You always do. <laughs> I just let you go. I just let you go. Well, that's what what we used to do in the cars, riding down the road. We'd be talking something, and then they jump to something else, and then something else, and finally you end up talking about the Constitution in 1780, and had nothing to do with wrestling or anything else you were talking about. I love it. I love it every <laughs> single time. So my but question to you. Dutch is does Jay Uso show up next week on SmackDown? Interesting question. If he doesn't show up, that belt becomes a forfeit. No, no, because they've already set the precedent on Raw 30 that they can probably put someone from the bloodline as a replacement, like like Sammy stepped in for Jimmy on Raw 30, maybe solo can step in for Jimmy as uh, we are going to get a WWE undisputed tag team championship matchup next week. We did see uh, the opening of the show after the bloodline arrived was an opening contest of the Imperium Gianna, Giovanni Vinci and Ludwig Kaiser versus uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet with uh, of course Gunther in Imperium's corner. I did like uh, Ricochet playing the mind games on Gunther and getting him ejected uh, from ringside even though 
it almost cost them. In the end, uh, Braun Strowman and Ricochet get the win after Braun hits the monster bomb, and then Ricochet does a swanton bomb off of uh, Braun Strowman's shoulders. I thought this match was a little bit disjointed, mainly because of the commercial break, but uh, the action was was pretty solid, and I liked the finish, even though it looked like Ludwig Kaiser got killed on that powerbomb. Well, it was pretty rough. Uh, I don't think, well, it's like anything else. Some teams mesh and some teams don't. These teams don't mesh because uh, Ross Stroheim, these people have trouble because he's trying to play the big man role, which is one of the hardest roles to play because you're limited. You can only do so much. And if he went out there and had these two much smaller guys beat him down, that hurts him. It doesn't even help the team beating him down. It hurts him. That's why Ricochet's that's why he's in there, so he can he can take the punishment. Yeah, I didn't like the way it was laid out. Good a decent match though. I mean, we can pick it to death, but I would say out of a ten, I'm gonna, I'm gonna be like Dave Meltzer. Okay, if it was in Tokyo, I'd give it a nine. If it was in Tokyo. But since it's not in Tokyo, I'll give it like of four or five. All right. Well, we do have a super chat donation here from Raleigh Kernis, who says, why do you guys, uh, thank you so much for the super chat donation. He says, why do you guys and fans describe Zane's actions at the rumble as Sammy turning on the bloodline? Roman smacked hit Sammy. Uh, Sammy hit Roman with the chair and started to apologize to the J baby faces. Don't betray. I mean, he did. Roman's always been this domineering type of person. And Sammy hesitated when Roman gave him the order. So Roman was just trying to motivate Sammy by mushing him in the face. That's Roman's way of leading. Then Sammy made a choice to turn against the bloodline. That's why it was Sammy who made the choice. It wasn't the bloodline who made the first move. So that's why people are saying that Sammy turned on the bloodline. Don't you agree, Dutch? Well, I wouldn't say it's turning. I would say getting even getting back. That's what he was doing. He didn't betray them as many times as, you know, they were getting ready to really put the screws to him. That was the way the story was going. And he kind of beat him to it. Remember, we talked about that, Sid. Should they turn on him or should he turn on, on them? But in either case, it's going to get us to the same spot. And that's a spot to where they're feeling sorry for Zammy still. See, Sammy, if he'd have went in there and beat him up and sent him scurrying, it's not it's not really believable. Because that was three of them, and of course the Roman, they would have they should have beat the crap out of him. But they gotta keep the sympathy on him to to make the fans buy him. And they're buying him enough already, but all of a sudden they're gonna turn him from this guy who couldn't win a match six weeks ago to this giant killer and his kingslayer. You know, if the people think about that, they go, eh, because the people will believe till you give them a reason to disbelieve, and I wouldn't believe that. What's his name? Roland? Yes. Roland. Thank you. Roland, that was a betrayal. You writing us this too, buddy. <laughs> he turned his back on us and stabbed us right in the back. Stabbed this right in the back, saying that you guys, you, you guys. What do you mean, you guys? Oh, how much did he donate? Nine dollars. Ten dollars. Oh, take that back, Roland. 
9.99. Okay. Uh, Lisa saying, finally found you. Hi, Dutch and Sid. Have you changed channels? Yes, we are over on WrestleBinge by Sports Kita Wrestling, our new home. How do you like our new home, uh, Dutch? Oh, I love it. I hadn't been there yet, but I love I love the new home. So, see, this is what this is why I like I like Roland. He could take a joke. He's just laughing in the in the chat to us. He better laugh. Just me and Sid track you down one night, and you're getting in your car and just beat the crap out of you, and bull whip you, and then what kind of gimmick you got? Won't you just take? Why don't you just take a spatula and just beat him around the head and face? With I, I used to work at a bakery, so I'm used to I can I can oh, work did? a spatula. Yeah, I can use a spatula as a weapon. Okay, so continue on. <laughs> Uh, but yeah, that means that uh, after the opener with Braun and Ricochet winning, they've won the tournament. So now they get a shot at the tag team title. So what do you say? Do you think Jimmy uh, Jay shows up for Jimmy or do you think maybe Solo or maybe even Roman takes the place of Jay in the tag team match next week? I would say if Roman took the spot, they would have to they would have to make him take the spot. I think Solo would be the one. And I think they beat, of course, <clears throat> Ricochet and Bro, Bro, whatever they call him. They will beat them, and they'll continue on. Now they have a whole week to think about this, and that's their hot angle, the Usos and, and Roman. So they're going to be very careful in what they put them in, because the wrong thing you can kind of, you won't kill them, but you you take a little steam off of them. They got that steam to this level here, and don't let let it drop down and start cooling, because it could drop lower. But I don't believe it will, because I I think once they got it hot, they go they gonna keep it boiling, and it's actually fun to watch. This is a wrestling show that I like to watch, because now, you can sit back and watch it and say I think this guy's gonna show up. I think this guy, uh, they might go this way. But if there's nothing happening, you don't care. What you're thinking is, uh, what you're thinking is, hell, let me turn off this damn TV and let me go somewhere else, something exciting. But SmackDown tonight, and for the last couple of weeks, I've said this, were some of the best programming they've done. I mean, they should win. They should win an award, really, because they have turned that thing completely upside down and around. And their uh, ratings show that, right? Yeah, I think I think this I think this show is going to do another big rating. Last week did a huge rating for SmackDown on the Go Home Show, and I think this week with the follow up from the Royal Rumble being so hot of an angle with the Bloodline, and this being the follow up with Roman Reigns, I think it's going to do another big number. Well, good show. I enjoyed watching it, and when I say when I say I enjoyed watching a wrestling show. You know it's got to be good. I've seen 5,000 shows. Well, maybe not that many, but I've seen a lot. And some of them kept my attention. Even the, sometimes the ones I was on didn't capture my imagination. I would go and work my match, go pack, take a shower, take my bag. I was gone. He's like, I'm out of here. Say, hey, did you see that main event? I said, uh, oh, yeah, I saw it. I saw it. It was good. <laughs> oh, great. Hell, that's a hundred miles down the road. I didn't, know, I didn't even know who was in the. So you're saying you lie, Dutch? You lie to the people? I don't know. I'm misinformed. Mm. Right. Oh, different. okay. See? Okay. It's hmm. all the way you word things. 
Not necessarily. When you say you lie, that's that really sounds bad. When you, somebody calls you a liar. Misinformer is more the term I would use. Who sent it? Jason Bennett. We got a good question here from Jason Bennett. He says, do you think that one uh, Roman, once Roman uh, loses the titles, that's going to be the end of the bloodline? Me, myself, I do think. I think that uh, the whole whole red herring of that is Solo Sokoa was not brought here by Roman Reigns. He was brought here by the elders. And I think the elders are watching Roman and how this whole bloodline seems like it's imploding. And I think once Roman loses the titles, they're going to pull the trigger on Solo attacking him and kicking him out of the bloodline. What do you think? Sid, really, you need to get off that pipe. Really. <laughs> what I say? Really? You think they're going to sacrifice Roman and Uso? That's the hottest thing they got. Just because I, they- I think I think once he loses the championship, what's why? How is he the leader of the bloodline still? Well, he may take some time off and come back, but I don't think they're going to drop that. If I was on creative and you was a member, I'd have to reach over and slap you. <laughs> even be thinking that. Let's don't even think that, guys. Because so you you don't think Roman should lose the championships? Because that's the only way. Say what'd you say now? So you don't think Roman's going to lose the championships? No, he can lose the championship. I think he will lose the championship to Cody. I think he will. But now they want to kill that son of a bitch. They want to beat the living crap. And now he draws. Now they've created enemies. Now they've created Sammy. Now they've created Kevin Owens. They've created some other people that just hate the bloodline. And so that's three right there, and you got three. So might as well keep that together and keep it running. Because look at the stories they can tell out of that. And they need to get... Dante agrees with me. Thank you, Dante. Dante, you need to get off the pipe too, buddy. I think you're just... You guys are just way, way out there in space. Listen, when you... When you got a quarterback that's hot... All of a sudden, he misses, he loses the game. Oh, it's benching. They don't do that. They're going to keep playing that son of a gun until the damn, his arm falls off. And the same way, they will keep this running. Or I hope they do. Unless, if you put that, if you put the bloodline up, that's a hell of a, you actually got three matches out of that. Gunther versus a hell of an opponent. You got the girls. But you, if you, if you, if you want to get that Gunther versus Roman match, he has to turn babyface. Gunther's not going to be a babyface against Roman. I didn't say anything about Gunther, and I may have said it in the past, but after WrestleMania, they who, still, who is Roman going to feud with? Not the champion, but still a heel. Who is he going to feud with? Just, just Cody again. They we're gonna run back WrestleMania rematches. I thought that was that wasn't gonna be done in the Triple H era. Well, listen, do I look like I'm on WWE creative? I don't know what they're gonna do. Hey, I, hey, oh, hey, they listen to you. That Roman right now, if he turned heel, I mean if he turned babyface, he'd be the hottest babyface they got. Don't you think? But they don't have the heel in that spot yet. They don't have a heel that can absorb him yet. So we'll see. That's why I think the bloodline is going to be the heel against him. 
the bloodline will turn on him. Solo, they're building up. They don't they don't let him lose. They are building him up to be a future main event star. And I think that he can he can usurp Roman Reigns and they'll transfer that heat of Roman Reigns onto Solo and turn Roman babyface. That's what I'm saying. You're jumping too fast and too quick here. You I'm saying up. this is this is after he drops the title. Me myself, I don't even think he's gonna. I don't think he should lose to Cody at WrestleMania. I don't. But I think he will. Yeah, I, I, I think you're right. I think you're right. But I don't think for, it, that's the right decision. For a short for a short turnaround, and Cody, when he wins, he says, "I'm not gonna win it for me. Yeah, I'm gonna win it for you." He's telling the fans, "I'm gonna win it for you." But in winning it for you is like winning it for Dusty. Now they're bringing the past in. I think they got it clicking on all cylinders. So I don't think there's any way they can miss. And listen, if I can be uh, obscure about it and not sure what they do, nobody else can either. Because, But I, I am sure that I don't think Roman will be leaving. I don't think Usos will be moving over. Because those guys are hot. And the hotter he is as a heel means he's going to be hotter as a babyface. If they can find that heel. And who is that heel? We don't know yet. I, I just gave you two options. Gunther, Solo Sokoa. There's a bunch of them. But we do have a Super Chat donation here from Rollin Curtis trying to rewind us back to the what? current. No. And he, he asks, is, is, is KO Sammy versus the Usos for the titles a dead idea? No. We, we both no. have said that's the match at WrestleMania. That's the WrestleMania match. Rollin, see, he didn't even understand what we said. I think that would be the match at WrestleMania, don't you think? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. No, I would I would like to see that match too because I think they'll burn it down. Yeah, I think they'll burn that stadium completely down. And I think it would be a great match. I would actually, well, I wouldn't pay, but I would actually like to see that match. Because when you get guys like that and they got that background, people will, they're wanting to see it and they'll buy you don't even have to plan that, but just go in there and call it in the ring. I mean, you you'll you'll work out your stuff toward the end, but I think they'll have them standing up and begging for more, and that's exactly where you want them. That's where I would like to. That's where so I can. Me and Roland on the same page, though. The solo being brought in by the elders, that is a great plot point that I think they're going to come back around to. And that's why I think Solo will be responsible for the he's going to be the one that facilitates Roman going babyface when this whole bloodline thing is over in this current form. I think it's going to keep going. I think it's going to still be the bloodline, but it's going to be Solo, the Usos, and maybe they can even add Naomi at that point as a heel. And, and bring a woman into this and spread out their wings a little bit. I think they can, you know, further develop this bloodline. Now, what you're saying, I don't say is a bad idea, but I think it's down the you road. You said you were going to smack me. How is that just not saying it's a well, bad I idea? And still say it's a good idea. And I'm going to say, hey, have another idea. You're going you're gonna to smack me. I'm going to go to the hospital. And then five minutes later, you're going to be like, you know what's a good idea? Solo turning on the Roman. I think I came up with that myself. But what is just as good as having great matches is pacing. You gotta pace it out. Yeah. And they have done such a good job with Sandy. Eight months, seven or eight months. And that's old school timing. This went on and on and on and on and you, you, 
And we've been expecting this, what, at least three months? That when Sammy, you know, turns and somebody helps him, now he's got people to help him. He's got Cody to help him. He's got Kevin Owens to help him. Now, if you want to get some more baby faces over, have them help. And that's how you get guys over. You get guys over by putting them in hot angles because they actually they get over by osmosis, just being in the group. They're already there. That don't work every time, but it's every time that I've seen it used, it usually works. Now, when's the last time you saw, hey, it was just six or seven months ago when they started this, that we were belaboring, you like that word? We were belaboring WWE for no bench strength. Nobody on the bench. Now, they seem to be loaded up. But that's because Triple H and that team, they, they've taken their time and done, and done a great job. The thing about being on creative, and I hate being on creative like a group, is because when the territory is down, everybody is down on creative. They said, oh, that creative, that's, they suck. They suck. But when it's up, they don't say creative's on top of its game. They say, man, these guys are over, over, over. But see, the things they did, they don't get credit for. But when it's down, they get all the blame. But when it's up, the talent gets all the credit. It's not fair, but that's the way it is. Talk like someone who's worked in creative. <laughs> I haven't seen a wrestler this hot. I, well, I have. I, I saw a guy in Louisville, Kentucky, get gasoline on him and set him on fire. I believe that. He was pretty hot. Let's move on. Uh, we get a, a promo in the back. Kayla Braxton interviewing Charlotte Flair. She's got a matchup with Sonya Deville. Despite that, we have already know she's going to be facing Rhea Ripley at WrestleMania after Rhea chose her on Monday Night Raw. But she says she's focused on Sonya. Sonya comes in. She insults the crowd. Then says Hollywood needs a star like Sonya Deville. And Charlotte laughs at that. Uh, and then they, uh, they end that segment. Uh I mean, I know this was hyping the matchup, but it was kind of a useless segment, in my opinion. But it did lead into a good matchup with Sonya Deville versus Charlotte Flair. I thought Sonya Deville worked really hard, and she looked she looked good in this matchup to really try to impress. In the end, though, she taps out to the figure eight. I mean, th this was a heatless match. I, I, I said, like I said, I think that Sonya Deville had a hell of an effort to try to impress but there was it went from her having zero chance of winning this match when they made it last week to negative 100% of her winning after they made Rhea Ripley versus Charlotte at WrestleMania. Was it for the title tonight? Yes. Well, see, that's they should have canceled that because she can't have any of well, I guess on these house shows, she's going to have title matches. And I guess people said, well, if she loses, the winner would just take Charlotte's place in that match. But everybody knew that Sonya Deville wasn't going to win. But it was a pretty good match. Not bad. I've seen better. I've seen But it was passable for what it was. Uh, do you think Charlotte Flair is the best wrestler in the world today? Uh Best wrestler in the world? No. She, he said Charlotte Flair is the best wrestler in the world? Best in the world right now. Um, No, I disagree. I disagree too. Okay. I should have been there sitting in front of but I said, you need, you, know, you need to stop that drinking too. Because I know that's his daughter and all, but she's not that damn good. Anyway, <laughs> continue. 
Uh, we got we had uh, one of my favorite segments of the night because it did make me chuckle. Uh, more, I think twice, uh, but it felt it felt very scripted. But it was still it was still entertaining as we went to the NASCAR racetrack, the LA Coliseum, <laughs> where uh, where Rey Mysterio and the New Day were doing a promotional tour, a photo shoot for the NASCAR event coming up this weekend. When uh, the the Judgment Day came in and interrupted Judgment Day, basically uh, Dominic kind of insulting his dad. His dad say he's saying that he wants to. He uh, Dominic saying that he wants to race his dad and beat him in the in the go karts like they did back in the day. And he says, speaking of back in the day, Ray says he's gonna spank Dominic like he did when he was three years old. And then we get the NASCAR racers kind of giving them tips before they do the race. So it's Dominic versus Ray Mysterio in this NASCAR car race the you got finn balor and damian priest on the sideline as well as the new day and ray mysterio beats dominic the best line of this whole thing was was dominic in the lead and kept going in front of ray and kept saying oh i learned that from my cellmate who was an ex getaway driver dominic has been money as his condom but I didn't hear that. that is a that is a that is a good line so <laughs> But he he gets beat in the end by Ray after after the race. Dominic throws his helmet, says that this wouldn't have happened if mommy was around. And uh, they are separated by the rest of the the people involved. But this was this was a nice little out of the arena, out of the ring type of segment. Well, we have a lot of families breaking up on SmackDown. <laughs> yes, we do. Breaking up, and you had uh, the Usos and Roman breaking up. So now this we got. This is why I kind of tend to feel like this this whole Mysterio breakup should happen on Raw to separate the. There's too much families breaking up on on one show. Well, sometimes you'll find that two angles are kind of like another angle because the same people are putting them together. But I did like the the, the racetrack deal, and that racetrack is very very small. It's inside a football stadium. So they can't get really fast because they just fly off into the crowd. You ever been to a NASCAR race? No, I've never been. Ooh. In the summertime, well, it's nothing but drinking, people passing out. Because it's 100 degrees out there in, in the south, and the cars are loud. And But it's, it's actually a fun time. And when they start the season of NASCAR, See, NASCAR smartened up, too. Now they have a season, and they keep points. And I don't know exactly how it works, but toward the end of the season, I don't know if you're a racing fan, but and I didn't used to be a racing fan, uh, racing fan but I am now, kind of, because that is impressive to see those cars at 180, 190 miles an hour coming around the corner. Question Ooh. for you, Dutch. How many black people you seen at a NASCAR race? Oh, they, a lot of black people. Oh, I didn't know. I've never seen. I've never seen one. I know. I, I, <laughs> your family. It's a family out there. Oh, okay. And you know, you may you may consider it like a, a southern white sport, but it's not. There are a lot of black people out there. Okay. I, I stand corrected. Uh, that's all. That was my only question because I, I I I've never been into it. Just me, just me, I guess. Well, you need to. Go. I will try it. I will try it once. I still need to go to an NFL game. There's, there's plenty of stuff I got to check off the bucket list. Oh, yeah. Well, I just want to set you straight on that. But uh, I used to have a guy that was Afro-American. He was a huge, huge racing fan. And he would go 
Darlington. It was down in South Carolina, Darlington. He would go to Daytona. Uh, one, of, one of my one of my friends from the south actually has told me that he's been to a nascar race so uh, oh yeah yeah all right but let's get back into smackdown we had another tag team match later on in the night the brawling brutes butch and rich holland going up against the viking raiders the brawling brutes trying to get revenge for the banger bros after getting jumped last week by the viking raiders this was a good little matchup it, it went about uh, just less than like nine minutes. Perfectly acceptable matchup with the Viking Raiders getting the win. I do love how they got Butch, like they deadlift Butch from the ground into the Ragnarok for the win here. So Viking Raiders looking strong. After the match, though, you got Drew McIntyre and Sheamus coming out. They brawl with Eric, Eric and Ivar, continuing this little rivalry here. What did you think about this one? Oh, I liked the match. I just didn't like the end that much. I think you those guys leave with a little bit of you know attention, not the heat or steam. And then here they come. Here comes Sheamus and and McIntyre and kind of take it off of them. They take the shine off of them. I think maybe the exchange or something. One picks up something and the guys back away. But they gave them a full, a full, a blown ass kicking out there. So I think you what you what you had built in the match you kind of relinquish in the afterbirth of it, my opinion. That's that's a fair assessment. Uh, we do also get then a recap of the Mountain Dew pitch black match, uh, which you can see on the channel, My, me and Dutch's thoughts on that match from the Royal Rumble. And then we see Bray Wyatt is in the back in his rocking chair. He says nothing. He's about to look at the camera, but then Uncle Howdy steps in and they do a jump scare where Uncle Howdy's face comes into the camera and it's like, boom. Some people were scared by this. I literally yawned. <laughs> I went to sleep. I mean, it says on the marquee wrestling. Now, I know what they're trying to do, trying to get attention on Bray in this new direction he's got. But it's doing, it's absolutely doing nothing for me, really. Because you got to go in there and wrestle sometime. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that it really hasn't killed L.A. Knight. But it hasn't. He's actually gotten over this. Yeah. Which was a big, big difference between when he debuted, uh, what is it, Models on Parade mm -hmm. or whatever it was, Maximum Mail <laughs> Maximum Mail Ball. I used to say he was dead on arrival. He's made a magnificent comeback, not only him, but him being with Bray. Bray's helped him a lot. But if they keep this up, I don't know what they're going to do. I think they're trying to work a deal with Undertaker, I think. Some and I don't know what that could be, and I don't even know. But that doesn't even interest me anymore. I mean, Undertaker is—it's yeah. it's two gimmicks. Howdy is going to come in. They're going to be fired and this, and I don't know. Well, it I seems like it seems now that uh, Bray and Uncle Howdy are aligned with one another. They're no longer feuding with one another. They're now aligned together. I don't get it. I just don't. I don't, I mean, I'm not that pitch, that pitch black match, man. It's totally put me down on Bray right now. They got to do something to recover this. It was sponsored by Mountain Dew, though. That's good. Yes, it was. Yes, it was. Spon and then we're going to get another sponsorship match at WrestleMania. Are you excited for that? What's this sponsorship match? I don't know. I heard Cinnamon Toast Crunch. Well, that's good. But I did read that they're going to monetize everything with sponsors the mat, the covers, this, 
things in the arenas, which is a good idea. Yeah. I mean, the Mountain Dew, it got a lot of a... What if you're uh, you watching a match and they say, Mountain Dew, whatever match, and you think, well, damn, I want a Mountain Dew right now and give it a lot of publicity. One of my and, friends chugged a whole pitch black Mountain Dew during the pitch black match. Well, they could maybe they could do, I don't know. They could do a lot of things with that. You remember my friend, my friend uh Jeremy. I think he did he did like the first ever podcast we did together. He was on yeah, it with us. I do remember him. Yeah. I hated Same. him. <laughs> no. I'm clipping this. I'm clipping this and I'm showing him it. <laughs> no, I liked him. I, I do remember him, so I got the timestamp. It was at the 50 minute mark. Ted Dutch said he hates Jeremy. All right. I think they need to give uh, Mr. Bray a little more some teeth because you can only gimmick this so much before they've almost run out now, I think. It does seem like that because I thought the direction was they were going to do Bray versus Uncle Howdy at WrestleMania, but now they're aligned. I don't know if he's going to turn on him again. It's just it's it's very convoluted now. Yeah, it's very convoluted. And I don't know what they could do right now. Now, they they can surprise me. But. Who is who is Uncle Howdy? Uh, uh, it's, It's Bo Dallas, Bray's brother who I thought it was. Are you sure of that? That's that's been confirmed by the by the sheets, but I know you don't believe all the sheets. Well, what if it was Vance? That would shock people. That would re- that really would... that would be very shocking if Vince took a dive off a stand at Raw Rumble. That would be very interesting. No, it's not him. It's not him now. But when they eventually, <laughs> he's like it's it's like he was the higher power. He was only the higher power. Oh, it man. was me, Bray. It was no. me, Bray, all along. Oh, yeah, that'd be great. All right. All right. The final match for SmackDown, you had a fatal four-way to determine the fifth person in the women's elimination chamber coming up at the pay-per-view on February 18th. You had Shotzi, Natalia, Zelina Vega, and Shayna Baszler. I like all of these ladies, but this was another kind of disjointed matchup. It didn't have a lot of heat. This, this crowd wasn't really into it, but it was clean as far as the execution, mainly because they had Natalia and yeah, Shayna Baszler in, in there for a lot of of it and Natalia got the win with the sharpshooter on Selena Vega. She moves on, joining Asuka, Liv Morgan, uh, Nikki Cross, and Raquel Rodriguez in the elimination chamber. And the final spot will be determined on Raw when it's Candice LeRae versus Meechan Mia Yim versus Piper Nevin versus uh Carmella this Monday on Raw. So, what did you think about this four way, the final match here? Well, I'm glad they had Natalia in there, she kind of kept it. It was already disjointed, but she kind of kept it together. So they need her. And will I watch that match Monday? If I did watch Raw, uh, I'd probably turn that one off because that doesn't interest me at all. Because they don't really have a story other than a, a spot in a. Where's this? Where's this the spot? elimination chamber? Well, I don't, I don't, that doesn't do it for me. So uh, again, personal angles like Roman and the Usos and Sammy have, that's what people are interested in. But that just filling a spot here and filling a spot there, and I don't think that grabs people. 
I just don't. But don't grab me. What's it? What's Stephen Chambers saying? He's happy that uh, Natalia won, and he says hoping Piper Nevin gets in on Raw. I do too. I like that girl because she doesn't look like the other girls. And I think is she a heel or babyface? She's babyface, right? Piper Nevin. I guess she's a babyface now that she's back to her new her her former name that she dropped the Dewdrop moniker. Yeah. But- See, this is like. Or are you talking about Natalia? Natalia's now a baby face, too. Yeah. Okay. But Piper, with her being a little overweight, let's say, I don't want to say she's fat. Of course, you can't say that anymore anyway, or you get canceled, I guess. But they'll, they'll, probably, they'll probably find a way to edit you in a way that made you say that. They better not. They will better not. I will fly to India and I will take. I'll choke him out. Uh, no, but. It is, it is the, I'm looking at Amazon or some of the, and they got women's uh, uh, apparel. Oh, fat women all over the place, heavy girls. Because let's face it, a lot of girls are heavy. A lot of guys are heavy too, like me. But, you know, a, a girl that's a little heavy, she gets sick and tired of looking, you know, you know, the, the shapes like that. Because she does, this, and they, I, I think, the girls that are heavy spend more money than the girls that are not, and that's what they're going for. I find nothing wrong with it myself anyway. It's just society's way of saying what you should look like. And not everybody can look like that. Believe me, I don't care if you work out, well, if you work out 24 hours a day, you, you might look like that. But who has it? Some people have to have jobs to pay <laughs> to pay their bills. But... But I like her because I think she would have a lot, a lot of fans. Uh, to to let uh, Chris know, he says Piper Nevin is her real name. That's what I heard is what her name was in Insane Championship Wrestling. That's actually both wrong. Her real name is not Piper Nevin. It's actually Kimberly Benson. And uh, her name in Insane Championship Wrestling was Viper, not Piper. Uh, and we got a super chat donation from the good brother Rollin Curtis once again. He We're says, I agree, I agree, KO Sammy versus the Usos is hot, but when will we get an old fashioned Brett Owen, Matt Jeff, bro versus bro, Jimmy versus Jay, four month story angle for a mid card title? Each twin may have singles aspirations. Good, good question. Let me get my calendar out here. Let me see. What month is it now? Map this this out for him. Map this out for him. When is WrestleMania? On April 1st and 2nd. Oh, I think we'll get that probably midsummer. I'll I'll say July 23rd. I'm just saying. But they are. And that's that's an angle they could work. And again, it's an angle they could work and be believable if they did it right. I don't think one brother would go in there and beat the crap out of the other brother. I don't think the people would buy that. But but this whole bloodline angle has really gave them separate personalities where it's not a it's not out of the realm of possibility that this can't happen now. No, it's not. And solo by them keeping him quiet on purpose and making him a killer will pay off for them. So and that's why he should be the one that turns on Roman. Thank you, Dutch. Making my point again. I'm, I'm just what I'm here for. They <laughs> call me this week from the headquarters and they say, try to help 
try to help Sid out a little bit. I said, okay, I'm doing the best I can. I said, I'm agree with him as much as I can. But the, what I'm saying is they have so many ways they can go now. It kind of books itself. But this is when you have to really be patient because you could burn these angles like this if you wanted to throw them out there. Yeah, you'd hit a hot run. But then what are you going to do? It's because all about pacing. You're right. Think just to the next show. They think past the next show. You know, they started thinking about WrestleMania back last November. Of course, it all changed when Vince left and Triple H come in. The whole line of reasoning and what they had in their head, it all changed. I bet he told them, whatever plans you think we had, throw them away. We're starting from scratch, which is a good place to start. I took over the book Puerto Rico one time. They said, all right, now, they asked me when I took it over. They said, well, what are you going to do? I said, well, what you guys got going? They said, well, we got this and this and this and this. I said, all right, throw that away. They said, what do you mean throw it away? I says, is it drawing now? They said, no. I said, good. Made my point. Throw it away. We're starting new. And we threw it away and we did great business. I started like I'd never seen one of their shows. Well, well, Dutch, we're we're almost an hour in. Let's run through this rampage episode. They kicked Wait, off. I'll run through it for you. I know, I know, you were asleep. Uh, they kicked off with the AEW World Trios Championship up for grabs, as it was the Elite Kenny Omega and the Young Bucks versus Ethan Page, Matt Hardy, and Isaiah Cassidy. Uh, Matt Hardy's just seemed kind of off in this one, but everybody else I thought was really good. It's because he's old. Yeah. Yeah, he he tried he tried to wrestle with Kenny Omega, and it was just like Kenny Omega's he's like he's so fast, and Matt Hardy could not keep up. You know, you you hell, I'm old too, I know. But when it gets to the point where it's obvious, just see, they had him in a manager role, correct? Now For a while put, there, yeah. And they tried to put him back in the ring, but that's one of the worst things they could have done because now he had exposes him. To people who really don't even understand the wrestling business, they just know that he doesn't fit with these younger guys, and he doesn't. So I I do like the whole dynamic with him and Ethan Page because Ethan Page just knows how to get heat from these fans, like him breaking up Matt's signature offense, stealing, taking away the twist of fate when Matt wants to do the hey, and then the elbow drop. Ethan Page comes in and does it himself, and then gets super kick. He he plays a very great douchebag heel. But this match, the highlight of this match, in my opinion, was Isaiah Cassidy and Nick Jackson selling their asses off the way that isaiah cassidy was selling those super kicks and he would just melt he was like <laughs> and nick jackson with the twist of fate when he did a complete headstand did you catch that when I he did, did the headstand i don't know how they do that see i like i like those guys except it's it, it's super kick city it is they threw at least 10 15 super kicks it, i i counted six i counted six well, super kicks like but a lot more. Sometimes less is more, but they do it good. They do it great, but they do it too much. But it's not my place to tell them. It's my opinion. But I, I think this is the perfect type of match that they want to open Rampage with because it kept my attention because it was nonstop action and it kept me it kept me awake at the very right. least when it gets that late at 10 o'clock. 
Well, that's probably it's probably the opening match because it it had some star value to it, and you'll stay and watch it. Yeah. So you want your best match, not your best best match, but one of your best matches that you know people will stay with. You put it in the first match, even on house shows, even on live events. You want that first match to burn them out, and then now you restart and you build to your main event. But I, I do like I do like the the story that they did tell with basically Ethan Page was the kind of the catalyst of his team's demise because he has a massive ego he wants all the glory and he makes everything about himself so when him and Matt uh, do a miscue and Matt hits him he makes Matt get out of the ring and check on him which leaves Isaiah Cassidy on his own he takes the one wing angel and a three way triple BTE trigger for the elite to retain the AEW World Trios Championship and that sets up the elite versus ar fox in top flight this wednesday on dynamite so i did there was a story in this match i'll be there i'll be there dynamite when's it on that is on that is on Wednesday. But speaking of dynamite, I want to give you a plug. I did a plug for Sports Keto Wrestling Awards, Sports Keto Wrestling Awards, Sports Keto Wrestling Awards. We'll talk more about that at the end of the show. Uh, but I want to give a plug for you because you had an AEW star on your podcast this week, didn't you? Yes, I did. Mr. Jack H- Jake Hager. He used to be Jack Swagger. Oh, it's a great interview. I rode up down the road with him more times. Great interview. Uh, I did another podcast that nobody ever heard. I had it, I've had him on before. But he's such an interesting guy to talk to. And we used to have some tremendous conversations going down the road. One night we were leaving a town. And I told Jack, Jack was on about third. I, I had just got there. And I was ready to go. And Jack, he come out. He already taken a shower. And I said, you ready to go? He said, Oh, we uh, we can't go yet. I said, what do you mean we can't go yet? He says, they want us to stay around to the main event. I said, oh, screw that. I'm not staying around. And I had the car. I said, I'm going to tell you one thing, Jack. I'm leaving in five minutes. You're in the car. You can go with me. If you don't, I'll see you, in the, I'll see you tomorrow night. And he grabbed his bag and we left. And I said, if they say something about you leaving, tell them to talk to me and I will tell them. You will learn more riding with me in 10 minutes that you can watching the rest of this card the rest of the night because he's just going to see the other stuff he saw the night before, the night before. I said, let me tell you how this business is and what to do. And he got up and he said, well, okay. And guess what they said? What? Zero. Because if Vince would come up to me and said, we'd like him to say, I said, well, I'm just saying it. I think he'd learn more from me and than he can watching these guys night after night after night after night till eternity. And what's he going to do? He'd have to agree. And he said, well, yeah, probably. And we left early er- ever since then. Can you imagine it's a long trip anyway? And you're on third and you come back and you take your shower and you get your bag and then sitting down. And you got another hour and a half there. and You got to watch that. God. I, I, I couldn't do it. So he got in the car and he thanked me later. He said, yeah, well, I appreciate you setting that precedent because they've said nothing about it. And I said, they're not going to say nothing about it. Believe me. Because Vince respected me, not because of my great athletic ability, but the fact that I made it as long as I did in the wrestling business. So he's an old timer. 
I'm an old timer, and there was some mutual respect there, and that's why he that's why he wouldn't say anything. It was in Vince. I got along with Vince, but, but I always but I always remembered that he was the boss, and whatever he said, okay, we'll do. He's the one who signs the checks, so gotta listen to that. Uh, we had two backstage segments. Uh, first one was with Lexi Nair interviewing Ricky Starks. He says that uh, he's put he kind of put his foot in his mouth, saying that he would do anything to first to face Chris Jericho again. So now he has to do the gauntlet on Wednesday, but he's looking to prove why he is absolute, and he promises to beat Chris Jericho again. We then get after commercial break, Team Jeff Jarrett and Jay Lethal. They're happy with what they did to Danhausen and best friends. And then we get Dan Housen with Scooby-Doo-like music in the background, vowing that what happened to them last week won't happen again. Uh, Dan Housen says that he, they hit him with a Grammy, and then Chuck has to explain to him that it's a Golden Globe. <laughs> Dan Housen, I love Dan Housen. I'm sorry. Yeah, it's good. But I didn't see it last week for some reason. But Dan Housen... I'm gonna watch him because he's he's stupid good, yeah, and he's different. You could beat that guy to the cows come home; people still love him because he appeals to the kids. Hell, he appeals to me. So, and he and he's over, and he does a good good interview. And you can get the heels can get heat by beating on him. So, and I, I do like Jeff busting a guitar over his head. He, uh, it was hilarious. See, he said he he won a what a Grammy, and they said they said it was a Golden Globe. <laughs> he said they hit me they hit me with a with a Grammy, and he's like, no, it was actually a Golden Globe. He's like, ah, ah, ah. <laughs> so, what shows were he on? Was he on? Uh, he was on Rampage last week. They did yeah, a six man tag. It a talk show that he was on too. Oh, they had um Paul Walter Hauser. He's the one that won the Golden Globe, but uh it was Jared and Lethal and Sanjay. They stole the Golden Globe from him and now they've been walking around with it. But he was on uh the talk show, the late late show with uh James Gordon. Yeah, okay. Okay. They showed a, a shot in there of a guy and a girl, a lady, sitting on a couch. Yeah. What was that? That was the late late show. Okay, I see. I see. <laughs> in the show, yes. Okay. Uh, next, we I'm had. Glad, I'm glad you smartened me up for that. I said, this is what I'm here for. This one we're here for, folks. Uh, we had Swerve Strickland versus Brian Pillman Jr. This was just basically a showcase for Swerve Strickland, who just exudes like heel swagger uh, when he comes out, and especially with his thugs uh, behind him. Uh, the thugs cause a distraction to Brian Pillman. This allows Swerve to hit a Death Valley driver on the apron, and then he follows up with the Swerve Stomp off the top rope for the win. Uh, this was more. More of like a slow down, definitely, definitely different from the opener where this was more technically driven. Wait a minute, are, are both those guys from Cincinnati? No, uh, Brian Pillman Jr. is from Cincinnati. Okay. Well, I think they could have really done a little more with that mask than they did. Here's my theory. Uh, who's the kid that lost? What's the name? Brian, Brian Pillman Jr. Jr. He was losing. Yeah. I think he kind of tanked it a little bit. Guys would do that. Because he's at home. He don't want to lose. He don't say that. But 
it goes out. And I could be wrong, but they've done it to me. Have I done it to anybody? Have you? Swear, I, I never have. Slipped your, slipped your I, I never had a town. I never worked in my hometown. Hmm. But I would not go out there and on purpose tank a match. I mean, I didn't have to tank a match. I could be working hard and it would tank on its own. See what I mean? <laughs> very, very well said, Dutch. Uh, we had after the match, mogul affiliates uh, continue to jump on Brian Pillman, and then Dustin Rhodes comes out with a, a turnbuckle to run them off, continuing the rivalry that got set up last week between Dustin and Swerve. Then we had uh, we had a quick little House of Black segment, I believe, at this point, where uh, House of Black basically tell Eddie Kingston after Eddie Kingston done turned on his best friend, done said that he will he will be he will accept the House of Black. Now Malachi Black says, no, he just wanted to prove that people are human and people will betray their best friend and their brother. They don't really want Eddie Kingston. I thought this was this was awesome. I was like, they basically made him turn on his best friend and now saying, no, we don't even want you. We just wanted to prove a point. So you understood that? Yes. Well, I didn't. So I'm glad you explained it to me. Because the House of Black gimmick, I don't quite get it. Because they're not really heels. They're kind of baby faces, too. They work one style, and I've seen them do nothing that really gets steam on them. I mean, if I had a team like that and I was depending on them, it's hard to get steam on them. Because sure. I think regular mom and pop America, you know, they attract a certain... I mean, uh, Malachi Black attracts a certain fan, but the ordinary fan—I don't think—I don't think he really hits them unless he's got heat on him, and they really haven't got heat on him. So I think they need to work on him a little more. Well, an act that does have heat in AEW is Tony Storm and Soraya. They had a match here with the Renegade Twins. Tony Storm and Soraya just seem like they're so much more comfortable as heels. And they definitely got a bunch of heat in this matchup, totally destroying the Renegade Twins. They win with a thrust kick into the Storm Zero. What did you think about this women's match here? Well, I thought for most of the match, the other girl never tagged in. Uh, what's her name? The... The, the renegade. other renegade twin, yeah. He was out except for the finish. They beat that one girl half to death. And finally, uh, finally she made the tag. I said, thank God. Get in there and let's go home. Because, but I think they could take, if they really, really want to concentrate on those two, Soraya and Tony Storm, get a lot of heat on those two. A lot of heat. That Tony Storm's a beautiful girl. Beautiful yeah. girl. And but she, she seems so much better as a heel here. It's like she seems like she's much more comfortable. She's one been one of the best like signings for AEW as far as the women's division. We should also know after the matchup, they have been considered the AEW outsiders. So they pull an outsider move after the matchup. They pull out spray cans and they spray paint L's on their opponents because they're losers. I wondered what that was. I couldn't even read it. Was it upside down or what? I said, I don't know. Was it a half a T? I couldn't figure it out. But then when she did that, I got it. So, But I think they need to concentrate on those two. I think there's a little money there. Yeah. 
I do. I do think that they should keep focusing on that AEW Outsiders versus Homegrown. We should also note what Donna says. Adam Cole had a training video as well as a promo saying that he's not sure who his first opponent's going to be, but he's getting ready. He's getting back into in-ring shape. Uh, she does ask, but where is Kyle O'Reilly? He's currently injured. He had a serious neck injury where he's uh, he's having a slow recovery, so he's still getting back into uh, into health. But I'm glad Adam Cole is back and that they're they're building up to his first in-ring matchup too so adam cole started training again right yeah because he suffered a concussion last summer couldn't tell it by looking at him he looked like <laughs> he looked like hot dog king standing there <laughs> jesus does <laughs> i'm dying for him just to walk by a gym just walk by it and look in there and said, oh, the guy's doing some squats and some curls. Oh, yeah, yeah. And he walk away. Listen, if you say you're going to work it out. Can't take you nowhere, Dutch. I guess not. But he's not a big guy anyway. But actually, I was embarrassed for him. Really. He's been working out. And that's the result you've been getting. Well, we before, before Dutch gets us I'm, in any more trouble. I would cancel my gym membership. We had the main, we had the main event with two former ROH World Champions. You had Roosh versus Christopher Daniels. Uh, Christopher Daniels got some close near falls using uh, distractions from Jose, the assistant, and Preston Vance, who tried to get involved throughout this matchup. But in the end, Roosh hits a belly to belly suplex into the corner. He hits the bull's horns and he gets the win. Roosh gonna go one on one with Brian Danielson, the final obstacle for Brian Danielson to overcome before he gets a shot at the AEW World Championship against MJF at Revolution. So this was a to heat up Roosh before that big matchup on Wednesday. Well, they heated him up all right. He was on fire when he left that ring. <laughs> hey, I respect AEW. I respect everything they do. But I don't enjoy it as much as you do. So what's the announcer's name? Henry, what's his name? Uh, uh, Mark Henry. Mark Henry. He was, to me, he was the star of the show. <laughs> it's time the for the main event. It's time. It's in the whole crowd right there with him. So, but anyway, that's the show. That is the show. Uh, one last thing that I wanted to touch on before we sign off here, Dutch, we uh, should highlight this comment. This week, we lost another legend in the wrestling business, Lanny Poffo, the formerly known as the genius in his WWF days, uh, well-renowned for his, you know, speaking ability, uh, how smart he was. And of course, he is the brother of the late, great macho man, Randy Savage. So, you know, our thoughts, condolences to the friends, family, and fans of Lanny Poffo, but any thoughts, any memories that you have with this legend? I knew I knew Lanny from like the first month he was in the business. I'd only been in like a year or two, and then I was in Atlanta, and uh, the Poffos came in, and Randy too for a short time. It was like the fall of the year, because Randy was through playing minor league baseball, and I met Lanny there, and good guy he was a little off but he was funny and i really enjoyed being around the guy i really did 
And somebody called me the other day and they said, have you heard about Lanny Popo? I said, what? He said, he passed away. I went. And they said he was living in a Central American country. And did you, have you heard that? No. Like Costa Rica. And you can go down to Central America and live on 2000 a month. I mean, they said, well, and they said, and you know, Lanny saved the first dollar he ever made because Angelo saved his money. Randy was tighter than a clam. You could get 35 cents out of him. But those Popo boys, they saved their money. So when he went down, if he, if he was living in a South American country, he was living well. He, was, he probably had a million dollars because he, he didn't spend any money. See, Randy, when he would go on the road with Miss Elizabeth, you know, they would rent the smallest car or the cheapest car they could rent. And they would stay like, they wouldn't stay in dump hotels, but they stay in a cheap hotel. And it was two of them. Both of them were drawing, drawing a salary. So that's why they ended up with so much money. And Angelo played the stock market too. So they were, they, they saved their money and they were well off, but my more power, more power to him. He told me one time how to make money. And I said, yeah, but uh, how to save money. I said, yeah, but is it one of the, <laughs> one of the prerequisites of saving money is making some, <laughs> he said, yeah, that would help. I said, well, I'm not making any right now. So I'm not saving a lot, <laughs> but uh... I, I, I'm, I, I was really saddened about, about Lanny because he was a really good guy. Well, like I said before, thoughts, prayers, condolences to Lanny and his family, the Poffo family, uh, any friend, fans or anyone affected by his death, of course. We are thoughts and prayers to you. And happy birthday to Steve in the chat. He's 51 today. I, I tried my best to highlight as many comments today. You guys have been great in the live chat. We were back for the live show for the first time. So, Swartzkita bosses, don't kill me for talking so long, but do kill me because I'm going to promote the sports key to wrestling awards the sports key to wrestling awards the sports key to wrestling awards it's coming up guys we are in the month of february things are going to be popping up you're going to see more and more news about the sports key to wrestling awards but for dutch mantel it is me it is me your trio phenom sp3 this has been smack talk like comment share subscribe and we will see you next friday right here with rick Peace, y'all. We the people.